I'm Shannon. And I'm Rami. And this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read or learned to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. This week we are, was this a question we got from someone? I don't remember. We can, like, if, sure. it, if it wasn't a question sure. we got from somebody, I think it's a question that I can certainly understand folks wondering and being curious about. Yeah, so the question is, is there a way back from a performance plan, a performance improvement plan, a PIP? And I think the question is, once you go on one of those, is there a way for you still to succeed within the organization? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so just like diving right in, from my perspective, like, man, like in a nutshell, I think it is really freaking tough to try to make it back from a PIP. I don't know that I have ever seen it directly before. I have coached folks who are on PIPs. I have managed folks who are on PIPs. I just don't know that I've seen it before. Here's my question. Do you think a lot of people are sent onto PIPs because the company wants to fire them, but they have to just like document it? Uh, <laughs> so this is tough because there are times where I've I would say a majority of the time, yes, that is the circumstances. I don't think anybody in HR will tell you that. I don't think anybody in the moment of your PIP will tell you that. But I would say a majority of the time, yes, that's true. I can think of employees that I worried I would have to put on a PIP because they just weren't delivering results. But I really, really wanted them to be successful. And thankfully, we never got to that place where I had to go to the formal route those are the few circumstances where I can think like, gosh, if I would have had to formally put that person on a PIP, I would have been rooting for them genuinely to try to make it through. Because sometimes I think people have the goods, like they have the ability, but maybe they're missing like a soft skill or um, some basic blocking and tackling skills, like organizational skills that keep them from succeeding. So let's double down on that because I feel like we're derailing the rest of what we plan to talk about, but I like this. Mm -hmm. So I think... To Shannon's point earlier, I think it's very difficult to come back from a performance plan. I think if you have a leader who's reaching out and saying, hey, we're getting really close to the point where we might need to get on one. Yes. And here are the things that I want you to work on. Here are the things I want to help you succeed with yeah. because they're they're holding you back. I think that is a key sign that you can still succeed in that space. And you've got to put in the effort right then and work with your manager, your leader, whoever it is, to to work on those blind spots, especially if they're willing to do you a solid prior to going on a formal performance improvement plan. Yeah, I think that's great. And that's a really strong marker. And reflecting back on my experiences, like it was those employees that I took the time with that like, uh, were able to turn it around. Bef but before we got to the formal pit part, I think once you get to the formal part and, and we can break down next what the steps are. Some people are maybe are just unfamiliar with how this process works. Uh, once you get to the formal part, I think like, yeah, it's really mother freaking hard to make a comeback after that. Okay, so yeah. let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about like, how does a typical formal performance improvement plan or a PIP, a lot of companies call it work. I think first, your boss is going to give you a lot of warnings that it's like time to shape up. It's time to get your crap together. Uh, and if you don't get your crap together, there's going to be formal steps taken. So that's like the like warning. And if they're giving you a lot of warm, fuzzy, encouraging words at that point, it might be terse. But if they're saying like, I believe in you, I really think you can do this. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's a positive sign that they really do want you to turn it around. Uh, I think the that I, sorry, I want to double down on that because I think your manager's emotions towards you pre pip and during pip mm-hmm. are very indicative of where it's going. Yes. Right. So if the if your if your leader is saying, hey, I want to help you get past this before we get to a point where we have to formalize this. Yeah. They want you to succeed. They want you to get over whatever it is that's holding you back. Yep. Let them help you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and maybe I will do a story time here. I was telling Rami and I were talking before we got on to record if we've ever been on a PIP. And I had totally forgotten this. But I actually, myself, personally, was on a PIP at one point. It was my first job out of college. I was maybe a year and a half, two years into my role. And I was in sales, government sales in 2008, calling on the United States Postal Service. So hindsight's 2020. 2020 showed me the United States Postal Service had results that were down negative 17% that year. My base was only negative one, you know? So I was like doing wow. better than average. But my my boss, I could see how begrudgingly it was for him to have to put me on a PIP because he could see the writing on the wall and like that it's just like a downturn in the economy and, and like mm-hmm. the United States Postal Service has been declining for years and years. But his boss couldn't. So they had to put me on a pip. I had to like do all these sales call ride alongs. And eventually like I just was like peace. And I remember the day that I left, like how hard it was for him because he really liked me. He cared for me as a person. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to have to do that, but it was what it was. And in the end, I'm so freaking grateful for that because I was not meant to be <laughs> calling on Department of Defense and uh, industrial sales customers in government entities. <laughs> yeah no hard pass okay so yeah so going back like here are the steps that i see for a pip your boss is going to give you a lot of warnings that it's time to shape up improvement maybe doesn't happen not maybe improvement doesn't happen and then a formal document is created outlining the key expectations of what's not being met with like specific evidence and hard data of what results your boss is going to need to see in order for those expectations to start being met And then the employee has to keep running updates on how those steps are going. So like there's a lot of trackers and data, I think for HR purposes, that that is going to be 100% your responsibility to manage and show like what the results are and how things are going. Now, I think there's two diverging paths of advice that I want to give here. So like the first is like, let's say that you really still want to stay. I have been a mentor to folks who have been on PIPs who really Mm -hmm. wanted to stay with the organization. I think first thing first, our advice here is to communicate to your boss, communicate that to your boss early and often and always, like that you Mm -hmm. really are committed, you want to stay, you want to make this work. Be so mother freaking on top of your stuff, you know, like just be so proactive and overtly communicative in every little thing that you're doing to clean up whatever the situation is that you're in. Be very direct in what you do or don't know and seek appropriate support partners for you. And don't expect your leader to do that for you, particularly once you're on the PIP. Because like, if you're already on the PIP, again, as we talked to earlier, they probably just want you gone (laughs) at that point. And it sucks to say that, but like, we want to give you the real truth here and not the HR sugar-coated version. Well, and remember, too, if you're in a PIP, like you are clearly adding more workload to your team and your leader. 
Yeah. And so the more that you can do to be really on top of all of your own stuff and on top of the weekly updates, however you guys end up doing those, yeah. I think is really important here to show that you want to stay and that you want to to be there. Like you, you, you not only have to go above and beyond, but you have to go above and beyond that. Like whatever it is, Absolutely. like you have to like you have to become the best in class. Yes. To prove that you should stay and that everything that happened was just a learning moment and then you can move past it. Yes, absolutely. So again, like getting clear on what you do and don't know and seeking appropriate partners, knowing that that person is probably not going to be your boss. Peers may be more helpful for you, but here's my advice too that I've seen burn people in the past is when uh, you start to lean on your peers too much and then that is used against you when you're on a pip mm-hmm. of like, oh, well, great, you got these results, but that's because so-and-so did all the legwork for you. So it's it's a double-edged sword. And I hate to have to say these things to you, but again, like we want to give it to you straight because I don't think HR is going to tell you this stuff. <laughs> well, and that's where I think like Shannon's right. You're going to reach out to peers. They're the ones who are going to show you how to do these things. I think it's very clear <clears throat> you have to be very clear when you're explaining to your leader, like, Hey, I did, I worked with Shannon on this thing. She showed me how to do it, but now I've done it four times by myself. Yep. And here are the results of those four that I did by myself. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and not getting gossipy about it. Cause I've seen that bite people in the butt too, where it's like, then all of a sudden everybody knows that so-and-so is on a pip and it makes for some team drama. And it's just like, don't do that. So being very careful about that. I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah. Okay, so I had a coworker once who I worked with very closely. So I know the state of their work. Like yeah. I knew where they're at. And they came to me one day and they said, hey, I'm on a PIP. And I go, why Why are you on a PIP? And they go, well, I'm not really sure. It was a small company. The formality of doing it wasn't there. It was just like they want to see me improve. Mm-hmm. And I think in times like that, when me as a peer finds out that someone who I know is doing a good job is on a pip. I, I instantly think of the manager being a bad manager, not the employee being a bad employee Yep. and the manager not knowing one, how to manage and two, either how to set the right expectations or what it is that they're, they're hoping to get. And more so than that, I think it means that not that person has a bad leader, but to your example earlier, I think their leader is a bad leader. Yeah, it, it could very well be. And we could probably do a whole second episode on how to handle a PIP from a management perspective. I think like, yeah, that could literally be a whole separate topic of like how you do that really beautifully and compassionately and with empathy from a managerial perspective. Uh, but I think in this episode, like, I'm wanting to focus in a little bit more on, like, the employee perspective and for like, sure, how for to sure. best support a, uh, an employee that's dealing with it. Whether your boss is crappy or your boss's boss is crappy, how can you best support and resource yourself through this? For sure. I only say that because I think getting on a PIP is such a formal thing. Yeah. And that when you're on it, whether it's being driven by your manager, your manager's manager... It's one of those things that is really hard unless you put in all that effort and you you turn it around very quickly yep. to to ever leave behind. Like it, it kind of just exists with you. Yep. Yep. Something else is coming to mind here, too. If we go back to like the peer conversation, the other thing that I can see happen for folks is that their peers like shun 
like turn their back. So if this, if this employer that, or, or you, <laughs> you person listening to this who maybe find yourself on a PIP, if you've been taking advantage for a long time, uh, of your peers, like they might be like, F no, like I'm not helping you anymore. I'm done. I'm tired. And maybe that's a good segue into the flip side of this yep. conversation. So uh, I guess the last piece of advice that I want to give to folks here, if you find yourself in this situation is I, I think if you're in the PIP circumstances, it's important to ask yourself why you want to stay. <laughs> because if you're on a PIP, shit is really freaking bad right now. Like really, really, really bad. If it's already at that point. So like, what are the stakes here? Sometimes I see folks really trying to cling on to an old role for egoic reasons when maybe honestly, like the best thing to do is just embrace that your God given talents lie elsewhere and to move on. Like for me, that was me in sales. Like, well, yeah, like maybe I could have fought it or justified it. I knew a long freaking time ago that no part of me wanted to continue to build a career calling Mm -hmm. on 50-year-old inappropriate white men. (laughs) I just didn't. But part of that was your ego, right? Like you were told that you couldn't, that you weren't doing good at something and you wanted to prove them wrong. Absolutely. And I think that was what landed me in that job in the first place because I was like this bad, you know, badass feminist who wanted to show people that this like little 22-year-old something or, or other could call on these dirty old white men and like be successful at it. Sometimes you just have to let that go. And just like accept that your talents and your gifts lie elsewhere and and like let it be easy. You know, I see this in clients sometimes where like we just want to keep fighting for the thing that's hard just to like prove to ourselves or prove to some like ambiguous other that we can. And it's Mm -hmm. like, but wait a sec, like take a step back and pause. Is this actually what you want? Like in your truest like heart of heart, soul of souls moment. Is this actually something that's like bringing you joy that you want to keep coming in to do every day? I think that's it. I will just uh, do a hand clap for that because I think at the end of the day, if it's you really want to be there, then you got to turn it around really fast. If you're in this pip and it's been weeks and you're not sure how to make it better. I think the question, which is the flip side is, is why do you want to stay? Yeah. Right. Like, it's just a toll on you. It's a toll on your team. It's a toll on your leadership. It just, the environment isn't going to be a healthy one. Yeah. And I, if, if it gives folks hope, because I think sometimes, again, we cling to what we know, I could literally name at least half a dozen folks, like former clients, former mentees, so on and so forth, that started on a PIP and like fought so freaking hard to try to stay and then eventually released, surrendered, and now are like so freaking loved, adored, and doing crazy good, amazing things at another company that is better aligned to their skill sets. I like that statement because I think of a lot of times, even when we started, we said, is this because they just want to get rid of that employee, right? And you don't normally want to get rid of an employee if they're good. Yeah. But if they're not a good fit, or if you know, if you know that this isn't the work that they should be doing, Mm -hmm. then it's kind of a way to help them see that for themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's wrap this up. This is more of like a chitty chat conversation, but we'll try to cover some key points for you. I think, is there a way back from a performance improvement plan? Like, uh, the short answer is 
yes, but it's highly unlikely. (laughs) Highly unlikely. Uh, I think our top tips here is that if you choosing the path of like, you really do want to try to stay, you got to communicate early off and always you have to be really on top of your stuff. You just have to go above and beyond, recognize that the support partners that are going to get you through the pip are probably not going to be your boss, but be discreet about the people that you are taking as partners and allies in that process. So that doesn't backfire on you. Um, And then the flip side of this is if you're on a pip, like, can you take a moment to pause and reflect? Like, is this really where I want to be? Or is there a vision that I can cast for myself that maybe is like of me succeeding somewhere else in a different industry at a different company or in a different role that's going to more beautifully align to my skill sets? And is it time for me to just call it and leave? I love it. With that, we'd love for you to connect with us on Workplace Hugs and share maybe your experiences or stories with the PIP if you're comfortable. Hey, I did today. Like, man, that's a story (laughs) that I had totally forgotten. I didn't think I would revisit but yeah it's important to talk about it these are the real empathic conversations that we want to be having with you guys with that i've been shannon i've been rami and this has been workplace hugs (laughs) 